Welcome to the Batman Tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman, the animated series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. And speaking about those two nerds, he's all I wanted for Christmas. Sitting across the table from me, Mr. Jordan Hugh. And I want to introduce my co-host, the longest candy cane in Santa's stocking, Mike Staub. Why, thank you for that. Um, is that... Uh, is that's that... my Hamill Joker. That's not bad. It's not good, but it's not bad. Yeah, you know, it's... I'll, I'll make several more attempts this episode. We, I that, think... that voice is the show it's the it's yeah it is the show <laughs> i do feel like it is it's it's super iconic as well as just something that i don't know i don't think you really have a better joker voice than mark hamill's take on the joker but before we get into mark yeah, hamill's we're performance already, we're already, jumping, we're already the gun, yeah. jumping the gun here going into the mark hamill you know <laughs> that, was, that was good too <laughs> um you know <laughs> you know he's that that laugh is, oh, the is, laugh is, my is god terrific. the laugh so um, episode two, where this is once again, folks, if you're just chiming in here for the first time, you should go back and listen to our first episode on Leather Wings, where Jordan guided us through the first produced episode of Batman the Animated Series. We are following the production run of Batman the Animated Series, not the air order. So if you're like, why is Christmas with the Joker second is because this is the second episode they produced and a wild episode to produce second because it is yeah. a Christmas episode. This is the most punishing episode for us to record in uh, production order uh, as opposed to broadcast order because we we fully admit up front it is really wild to cover like their Christmas episode second as our second episode yes this is the 38th episode that airs of Batman the Animated which Series. is more appropriate but actually there there are some clear indicators that this should be an early run episode but we'll get there well you know the funny thing about it though is that we said this at the end of our first episode when you're air when you're airing episodes every day yes right 38 episodes really isn't that long. So yes. Batman, the animated series, debuts on, I think it's uh, September 5th or 6th? 5th or 6th. 5th or 6th. Yeah. I think there was like a primetime like, special, and then they aired like the first episode the next day. Yep. And it's one of those things where this airs in early September, and this episode, Christmas with the Joker, which is the second episode on the production order airs on November 13th, 1992. Right. So Which isn't as bad. It's that not. is closer to Christmas that almost feels better. It's 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 correct and it's one of those things where it's getting closer to the holiday season, it makes a lot more sense. It's just the way they produced it versus the way it aired is is all over the place. Yeah. But I mean, if you've got Mark Hamill down as the Joker, I mean, he's Batman's villain. You kind of want to get to the Joker right away. Right. So, yeah, actually, I guess we'll, we'll address this production order versus broadcast order thing right in front and why this episode's really rough with that. Um, it's a poor choice for a second episode. Yeah. Um, and, and again, remember, broad uh, broadcast order, they're doing the best they can. They're looking at these episodes and saying, well, what order should we introduce these things in? There's some conscious choices. Of course, you would never put this early in the run. Um, on the production end, I mean, this thing introduces Robin. Yeah. Uh, with no, you know, origin of any of any kind. He's just kind of like already there. But yet, weirdly, like we have scenes in this episode where Joker is like in Arkham and breaking out of Arkham. There's not a single other recognizable character in Arkham. Mm -hmm. um, we still don't really know Batman's full relationship with Commissioner Gordon at this point. We still have no Bat Signal. Like mm -hmm. it's like there are so many indicators that this is an early run thing, and there's already kind of this um, idea, which I like, that Batman and Joker have both been in each other's lives for a while. Mm -hmm. Right? There's no attempt at a Joker origin. No. Batman never talks to us or to Robin about like his history with this guy. It's just like this guy's been around and this is just what he does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's it is a bottle episode, but I feel like a lot of the Batman the animated series episodes are kind of contained in the bottle. Um, but it is a second episode watching it after watching on Leather Wings, you're like, wow, this feels like there's so much stuff thrown in here that kind of hits you out of nowhere. Um, we talked about in our first episode how the relationship with Batman and Gordon really isn't solidified in the first episode yeah. if we're watching On Leather Wings, but in this episode, it's clear that there's some sort of relationship it, there. It is clear, though still not defined. No, still not clear, clear but, but less defined. And, you know, not, not we, totally we, we get introduced to, uh, we, we see Harvey Bullock again, and we get introduced to um, Summer, Summer, um, Gleason. Summer Gleason. Summer Gleason's first real appearance. Who yeah. also shows up a bit in the series, at least at the beginning. 
Sure. Well, she's kind of a... Of course, we have her in the animated series as a media presence. She's um, you know, a television personality and yeah. a, a reporter. Uh, and I think it depends on like if you're going by the comics or like at various points of this series, she's sometimes a love interest for yeah. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, sometimes she's a writer for the Gotham Gazette if you're mm-hmm. looking at comic books and things like that. Yeah. So it's a, this is a, a really odd character, Summer, but we're going to actually see her a lot. We're actually, yeah, we're going to see her quite a bit. I mean, you kind of need that media news presence in Gotham City, especially in, involved of how how important newspapers are to the the style of the show and the overall vibe of everything. Um, I do, I do miss, feel like you need uh, that I character. Knox. I do miss Knox. I do Knox. miss Knox. You know, you could use a little Robert Wool, but that would be, uh, you know, you don't have him in this series. So, all right. So, yeah, Summer Gleason, you know, is a character that you feel like is important, especially to this kind of like 30s kind of Art Deco time because the newspaper is such an important piece of... Well, she's like our Lois Lane. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's interesting. They bring her in, though we really don't get much of that reporter in this episode. Yeah. They, they set her up as big, though, because in yes. this hostage situation, it's like, all right, you've got Gordon. He's the commissioner of yeah. police. Yeah. Uh, you have Bullock, who, uh, I don't know, his rank is not really established. We assume he's like maybe the chief of D's. He's the chief detective, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then you have Summer Gleason. We, we did not have this character in the first episode, but we're, we're getting it like, okay, Gotham's big media personality. Everyone knows Summer Gleason. Of course. And as as we've seen in the first episode, the newspaper is so important to just yep. how they frame these episodes. But let's get into the episode a little bit before we go on sure, yeah, scene yeah. by scene. Uh, I th- obviously, the, the big thing... Initial thoughts. The, yeah. well, the initial thoughts of this episode is that it's kind of... It's kind of a wild left turn, right? After episode one. I think it's a fun episode. I think it's a great holiday episode. Like it's a fun Christmas thing. It seems like Batman and Christmas kind of go together. (laughs) It happens quite a bit. We feel that certainly in the Tim Burton Batman Batman Returns. Yeah. 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 I mean, Batman and Christmas kind of are always kind of this thing. We've seen it here. We've there. There are multiple Christmas episodes of Batman the Animated Series. It's a weird way to introduce the Joker. Uh, I, yes. I like this episode. I have fun with it. But ultimately, in the end, it does feel, especially in the order that we're watching him in and we're reporting on them, it does feel very odd. It feels odd. Uh, initial thoughts on this episode. I want to be clear. I like the episode. Mm-hmm. I, as I, you know what? At the end of the day, I like all the Batman, the yes. animated series yes. episodes. But this is, um, this is unfortunate. This is my least favorite Joker episode. Yeah. And there are a lot to choose from. This is the bottom one for me. Still a good episode, but there's a lot to have a problem with here. Um, so I, I think part of it was this. When they did on Leather Wings, they were kind of showing us what the new aesthetic was going to be, and that was a great showcase for all the things that Batman could do. And then here we have this episode where we have, okay, it's the Joker, but and he's doing typical Jokery stuff, but there's no setup. It's just no. like, oh, he rocket launches himself out of Arkham on a Christmas tree and then mm-hmm. he has an army of toy soldiers set up and a train heist going and it's like all this big stuff with no setup and it feels a lot more cartoonish yes. and a lot less noirish. This yeah. And it's showing like a side of Batman that's like big action hero Batman as opposed to anything else. The other thing that needs to be addressed in the episode even before we get into it is that we have this really weird retro futurist technology thing going on where it's like is this the 1930s cuz this is clearly a 50s Christmas special. Yeah complete with like joker kind of doing like the father knows best sweater yeah. and having like a almost like a jack benny ish christmas program or yeah. like a bob hope or something like that yeah it definitely feels like it's an anachronistic to itself right but which I, is I weird guess they're doing that on purpose to kind of bend it and just say hey like you know what this is old timey don't think too hard about what period this is you i know? think i think you're right and i think at the same time it's one of those things where while the animated series is very much that art deco 1930s vibe yeah, at or the bing same, crosby i meant to say yeah, before too, bing yeah. crosby is a good a good uh, a good take there while it's got this kind of art deco 30s vibe the whole thing yeah I think they really go, ah, 30s, 50s, maybe a little 60s here or there. I think, I don't think yeah. they, they don't stay too tethered to that because that would really limit them. Right. They seem to hard stop at 1959, yeah. like late 50s. And I think the reason they do that is because they don't want any overlap with the Adam West 60s series yes. at all. So they say, you know what? Our Batman stops just short of any of that. There was no Batusi. Mike is, do- Mike is doing the Batusi, the Watusi here in the studio. Yeah, you got to do the Batusi. So, um, yeah, those are our initial thoughts, but now we, we have some other topics we got to get into. First and foremost, we discussed it already. It's one of the most important things about him in the animated series, but Mark Hamill. We want to get into this now? Oh, I think so. All right. Mark Hamill this is... is gonna, we're going to settle in, folks. Yeah, here we go. Mark Hamill is 
you know, vocally at least, or I, you know, you could argue across the board, Mark Hamill is the best, offers us the best performance of the Joker ever. Yeah. There's it's, been a lot. There's been a lot of people lot who have done Joker's. Joker. Troy Baker has done Joker. Um, yep. Joe, Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, jo, yeah uh, John Sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio. Um, well, I'm not um, going to live that one down. Sorry, folks. Uh, yeah. Strike. I, <laughs> there have been a lot of folks who have... Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk has done who, the Joker. Uh, we love is the He's Joker, He's great. Actually, He's yeah. on Harley Quinn, right? Yep. Um, there have been a lot of great vocal performances of the Joker. There have been a lot of great... You know, live action performances of the Joker, and I feel sure. like Mark Hamill's Joker goes up against kind of all of them. So, uh, Mark Hamill's Joker. Uh, correct me if you think otherwise. This has kind of become the industry gold standard yes. for what the Joker yes. sounds like. Yes. Um, and I would actually say that this Joker is probably more iconic than the Nicholson Joker or the Ledger Joker. Probably. I think this, when people think of the Joker, other than, of course, the comic book's Joker, which encapsulates so many different art styles, I think when people think of the Joker, they think of what Mark Hamill does with the character. And I think that that's the reason why Mark Hamill played the Joker for so long. Forever. And, and so, he still comes back here and there. Yeah, he, he retired it after the video game Arkham City. Yes. And then he kind of unretired mm -hmm. because then he started doing, he did like the Killing Joke film yeah. and he did some other stuff as well. I think it's just something where he'd done it for so long and maybe DC went to him and were like, hey, would you like to do it again? Because people, unfortunately, um, nerds like to you know, carry the pitchforks and, oh, and yeah. the torches uh, when they go after anyone who does sure. something Batman new or different. Batman has a tough fandom. It, very tough. Really, really does. It's very hard to to compare, you know, to the point where, like, you know, even even characters that were created for the anime series, like, we'll get into Harley Quinn eventually. We'll get there. Um, but, like, Arlene Sorkin, right, voices Harley Quinn yeah. for most of the, mostly, pretty much the animated series yeah, uh, and uh, Arkham Asylum. However, most people associate Harley Quinn with Tara Strong, who has only kind of done the character a little bit more recently. Right. But And people like the Cuoco performance. Uh, I, I think Haley yeah. Cuoco's performance is I think she's great. great. She's very different. Very different. Um, she does have a couple episodes where she does like the more Jersey Brooklyn accent when she's <laughs> right, like the, home. The gangster girl yeah, accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Joker in this, it's like weird. It's his his voice is obviously great. The laugh is great. Mark Hamill's performance is killer. Yeah. It's probably I think it's his best. I've said this in the last episode. I think it's Mark Hamill's best performance of anything. I know we don't we don't want to anger the ultimate toxic fandom, the Star Wars fans, yeah, but they by hate, saying that they this hate is Luke Hamill's now. best work. Well, yeah, apparently they do. So you know what? I think I think Joker is Hamill's best work. If that, if that's insane to say, I'm sorry. So I just wanted to talk briefly about the genesis of how this voice was developed. Yeah. So. Hamill was circling this project for a while. Of course, we owe mostly everything to Andrea Romano, who is kind of the director and the certainly cast all the voices for this show. And Hamill initially, famously, didn't want to play the Joker. He's a huge comic book nerd. He actually wanted to play like a Hugo Strange or someone like that. He was pitching to them like, let me do Two-Face, yeah, let yeah, me do yeah, Clayface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me someone less high profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they ultimately, they, they did cast him, uh, or maybe this was... This might have been a, a role he did in addition to the Joker. The One of the most famous episodes, of course, of this run is Heart of Ice. Of course. Hamill plays the voice of the guy who shoves Freeze into the chemicals. Yes, yes. Um, so he's on that episode. I'm not sure if Hamill did other stuff in the series as well, but famously he's really recognizable as that voice. Um, he uh, didn't want to do Joker initially. He, when he submitted his audition, they... When you're voice acting, I, I think this is true of, like, you know, lots of different voice acting studios... Two things. They will show you the character that you're playing, mm -hmm. like a picture of them mm -hmm. with maybe some animation cells. And also the other challenge was he had no one to act off of live Yeah. Uh, for this particular episode, Christmas with the Joker, which was the first Joker episode. Yeah. yeah. He did this one totally in the can. Yeah. Just like everything was already recorded yeah. and then he was kind of inserting himself, which kind of works for this episode because Joker is kind of broadcasting his whole thing remotely. Yeah. So that, that does yes. work, at least for this one. When Hamill saw the picture of Joker, and I was listening to a Mark Hamill interview where he says this exactly, he was trying to get a sense of the voice just from what the animation looked like. Now, Joker, as he's animated, he's got those big red lips, and he's got these huge yellow teeth. And Hamill was instantly reminded of the Blue Meanies. Yeah. Or I should say the Blue Meanie, right, from the Yellow Submarine yeah, 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 cartoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that voice is really, really similar yep. to what he ends up doing for Joker. The other thing that he's looking at, and of course Hamill is a, a student of film and a, a fine actor, 
is the Claude Rains performance as the Invisible Man okay. in the Invisible Man movie, yeah. particularly the laugh, particularly the yeah. scene where he realizes he's invisible and he's reaching up for his own head and he does the... <laughs> like, it's got... It's it's a very Jokerish laugh and it's kind of a combination of those things help him to form the character because if you look at the face of the Joker, those big yellow teeth are like the whole thing. It's the, Yeah, it's his yellow teeth and his yellow eyes really stand out. Yeah, so this is how we end up getting this... It's a very thespian Joker. Yep. He's very, very theatrical. Yep. I, I don't just mean, of course, in the way that the Joker is always theatrical. I mean, like, the actual voice is sort of Shakespearean. Yeah. Like, it's sort of a... It's really an actor's voice. It's a yeah. very theatery performance. The other thing the laugh was developed from was apparently, I believe it was the late 80s, Hamill is touring in a production of Schaefer's Amadeus. Amadeus. And Amadeus. he's touring... <laughs> yeah. Very good. I wish that song was in that play. Um, <laughs> he's touring as the title character. So he's playing Wolfgang Mozart. Yeah. And uh, in that particular play, Mozart has this big braying, like sort of shocking donkey laugh. Yeah. Right? And he's doing eight shows a week of that. And, and in the Hamill interview, he says, look, when you're doing that many shows and you have to laugh that much, you find ways to make it interesting for yourself. So he has, as a result, in the animated series, right from this first episode, this first recording as Joker, Christmas with the Joker, a real great laugh vocabulary. We yeah. all have like this this thought of like, what does Mark Hamill sound like when he laughs as the Joker? But it's like it's like forty different laughs yeah. that he does, and he, he puts them kind of in the <laughs> in the middle of lines. You know, yeah. it's a really it's a neat thing. No, it really is. It's it's definitely a very nuanced and uh, thoughtful performance. I think I would say that much. And like you said. In the casting of the show, we talked about this in the first episode, in the casting of the show, you know, they were going after stage actors a lot. Yes. They did get a lot of stage actors. Including and I, Hamill at and, this point uh, in his ex career. Yeah. Exactly. And I think even if they weren't necessarily a stage actor, I think you're getting actors who are putting on very um, theater-style performances. I think they we are. see more of that even in episode three when we talk about the Scarecrow. Yes. is also very much in that kind of vein. So, uh, Mark Hamill's performance of the Joker is terrific. It's unbelievable. We all love it. We've loved it for 30 years, right? We love whenever it happens, whenever they say, hey, he's coming back to do more Joker, people get excited. Even his hobgoblin pretty much is the Joker. It's basically Trickster the same, same is voice. kind of the yeah, Joker. It's the same voice. Cockknocker was the yeah, same yeah, voice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, it's a funny story. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we have Mark Hamill. We have such a legacy with that character. He's excellent. Obviously, he's really good even in the video games. He does a really good job. And if, you, if you're casting the Joker, you need someone who's going to hit it out of the park because Joker versus Batman or Batman versus Joker is such a... It's one of the, at this point, it's mythology, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll pop up that topic again when we get further into the episode, but I, I think it's, it's so important that they had Joker early. Regardless yes. of production or broadcast, it's always the question... When you have Batman in, it even came up in the Pattinson film, right? It's just like, oh, a Batman story, great. So when's, when does Joker come in? And everyone actually, everyone wants it. And we see Joker in the Batman. Unfortunately, we do. It's the worst scene in the movie. But yes, yeah. uh, the question has been answered. He will yes. be he will be in the films. I feel like that's kind of what they're all doing now with these Joker, with, with the Joker. It's like, ah, save him for the second one, you know? Don't sure. put him in the first movie. Right. Well, because it's kind of like, where do you go from there? Yeah. Right. Hopefully, hopefully the, uh, the new Joker is okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure he will be. I have full faith in, in Matt Reeves after seeing the Batman, which I really liked. Yes. Um, but uh, It's a very different yeah, performance of the Joker. Very different. But yeah, so Joker vs. Batman, it's one of the age-old things here. It's a it's like mythology. It's something that's part of our cultural fabric. We all know who the characters are. We love them. And this episode really just kind of hones in on Joker just kind of likes to mess with Batman. That's kind of it. His existence in this episode is to uh, make Batman annoyed because he finds it funny. Yeah. Is that what you get from that? Well, you know, we often talk about these villain motivations in these episodes. Yeah. And to be clear, I don't know that anyone will ever top Man-Bat <laughs> of just... He just... The guy wants to be a bat. Wants to be a bat. Uh, it's bad that he's hurting some people, um, but it's the guy just let, let, him, let him be a bat. Exactly. Um, Joker's motivations in this one are just that he's the Joker and yeah. he just wants to be chaotic. Um, you know, we will have some villains that have great motivations and great um, impulses and and ideas for how they're going to take over the world or whatever. But Joker in this one, he's just he just wants to be chaotic. Yep. He just wants to be the Joker. So I, I I appreciate that. Yes, he causes chaos, and this episode absolutely hones in on that. Um, and you know, it's weird that you introduce the Joker on the production side. 
on a holiday special. Do you find that weird? Do you find that just a little odd that like this is how we're going to introduce the Joker? I, I do find it odd. I don't think that they thought of it that yeah. way. You yeah. know what I mean? When they were producing all these episodes at the same time, I don't think anyone was sitting around like, oh, it's weird the first time we see the Joker, it's Christmas. I think they don't care. Yeah, no. Um, I think they were just looking to tell a good Joker story, and it is a good Joker story. It's just it doesn't have a lot of the Joker things that I like, but again, we'll, we'll go through that when we go yeah, through the Yeah, once again, it's just a chaotic kind of bo- bottle episode mess of things. And, um, you know, it is weird that it's the second in production. I'm surprised they... I you know it could be the fact that it's the second episode in production it could have been that like hey we know the show is going to debut in September we're going to need a Christmas episode so we might as well do it early you know maybe that's that I don't know maybe yeah that makes the most sense to me I'm going to say this and I think uh, it's kind of a wild take I don't think they even realized they made a Christmas special yeah like I understand this episode is for Christmas but I don't think they thought like oh and this will be the Christmas special I think they just thought like we have a cool Joker story and it's at Christmas time yeah yeah no, it's, I, I totally get that sometimes maybe that's not you know maybe I'm looking too far into it and maybe we're just kind of doing their own thing but are you ready are you ready to go in Jingle Bells Batman Smells Robin, Robin laid an, an egg. egg which I think is the only reason Robin is in this episode I think is so to make that line make sense yes because Otherwise, if we had not yet been introduced to Robin, then it would make no sense. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the Batmobile lost a wheel, also. Oh, really? And the Joker got away, not took ballet. Yeah, exactly. Which I, I'm sad for him because ballet really opens the soul. I, I think that, and I think if the Joker knew how to dance better, he might not be as evil, or he might be more evil. I think he'd be I'm more not, more evil. More evil, because he would ballet dance. Ballet is the most evil form of dance, as yeah, we all know. Yeah, I saw yes. Black Swan. Yeah, yeah that, clearly. Clearly, mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's an evil movie. Yeah. And whatever those witches were doing in Suspiria, yeah. it's a deep cut. Okay, yeah. let's, let's get, let's get into this when, episode. To quote, quote, to quote my fa- one of my favorite tweets of all time, I like when witches make that big soup. That's right. Uh, <laughs> um, season one, episode two on the production side, Christmas with... The Joker. Once again, we are brought in by the wonderful Danny Elfman soundtrack or score to the probably best title sequence of all time, Mm -hmm. uh, especially for a cartoon. I know you all like the X-Men out there with its... But this beats it just a little bit, just by a hair. Big blimpy. Yeah, we get some blimps. We get those guys, Batman narrowing his eyes, lightning, all that jazz. We've talked about that ad nauseum in the last episode, and we should have because it's the best. We're brought to the title card. We have uh, kind of like a semi-silhouette of the Joker. He's dressed as Santa. He's got that big menacing yellow grin and those giant yellow eyes. Um, <laughs> From evil. Deliver us. Finish it. Wrong character, even though. The Will- same kind of character. Willem Dafoe, yeah. Willem Dafoe would probably be a great right. Joker. Green Goblin haunts Thanksgiving in the first Spider-Man movie. Now Joker haunts Christmas. <laughs> Do you think Willem Dafoe would be a good Joker? Uh, undoubtedly, yes. yes. He'd be really, really good. I'm, I I know he's a little older now, but that's that's terrific casting. That should happen at some point, especially now that they're doing like the Joaquin Phoenix stuff and they're a little a little bit looser with the character. They should have still painted his face as Green Goblin too, but we're not going to get into yeah, that on this show. Yeah, another show. So, um, <laughs> Jordan, you put a note that they do have a classic gothic font. Uh, yeah, which... I, I actually, I wish this episode were was as good as the title card. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, this title card is like demented horror Christmas, but that's not quite what the episode actually, is. Actually, how good would it be a Batman Christmas Carol would be? Oh, it would be great. Yeah. I, I think they've done that a few times, yeah, actually. The so. comics actually have literally yes, done that. Yes. Yeah. Um, then we're, we're then we're seeing that th- we're shown that this episode is directed by Kent Butterworth, who has the best name of all the directors. Mr. Butterworth, Butterworth. Hello, yes, yes. I don't have the butter in the bread. <laughs> and it was written by Eddie Goretetsky. So um, this is the team working on this episode as the second episode. Butterworth and Goretetsky, the classic, yeah, uh, classic, classic yeah. combo. I have no idea if that's a classic. It's combo. like uh, they're like Starsky and Hutch. That's it. Yeah, they. That's what they do. So um, we get a, an establishing shot or, or into the episode of Arkham of the Arkham Asylum, which is our first Arkham Asylum shot. Is that yeah? Our in first, the series, our first Arkham Asylum because um, we don't see it in the first episode. Yep. And then we transition inward. We see a guard with a gun and an array of inmates singing Jingle Bells. Joker, uh, who has sheet music, he's reading the sheet music upside down, and then he breaks into his version of the song, which is Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, which Jordan. 
um, so amazingly just graced us with a few a few minutes ago. I, I recited some of the yes, lyrics. Yeah. Yes, Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin Laid an Egg, Batmobile Lost Its Wheel, and the Joker Got Away. Yes. Um, hey. A little disappointed with this Arkham scene because there are no other recognizable inmates. No. Which would not really make sense in broadcast order, but makes perfect sense in production order. So our order is supported here, where it's just like, yeah, there's there's no other famous people in Arkham yet. Yeah, yeah imagine Killer Croc. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> um... So we're we're greeted we're greeted with the that that kind of infamous uh, take on Jingle Bells. Now I tried to look into where this version of Jingle Bells comes from. There's really no there's really no real history of it. I think it dates back from what I read dates back to like the 50s. Okay, we used to sing it on the school bus. We used to sing sure. it on the school bus. I think it got famous in the 80s because I think Bart Simpson sings it. Oh, on sounds, one of the episodes yeah, of The Simpsons, right. that sounds like a Bart Simpson yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, that's like it's like it's like uh, it's like uh, salute your shorts, and you know it makes me want to fart. Like it's that <laughs> that type of '90s style humor. So I think Bart Simpson. It's actually, like hope we never part. Yeah, yeah, get it right or pay, pay the, the price. price. Ugh, I can smell your fear. So, <laughs> um, I feel like we're that was brought to popularity in in the modern context because of Bart Simpson. And now obviously the Joker is going to sing it. It's very, um, we're firmly in the early nineties. So this is all Bart Simpson's territory. Exactly. This is when Bart Simpson owns this town. This is is even when like the Simpsons are like Bart, Bart is even more of a big deal at the beginning of the Simpsons than he is in the middle. Like this is before Homer becomes like the lead. Sure. We are firmly in Bart Simpson, Sonic the Hedgehog territory. Yeah, dude. Don't have a cow, man. Yeah. At the time that this is all airing. I caramba. So it's one of those things where it's very meta. Very meta. For the show, to use a very good millennial word, it's very meta that the show is kind of, Joker's kind of referencing himself in something that's kind of been referencing him at this point right. for probably and close to 40 years. And it's great. If there's if there's a, any Batman character who should be meta-theatrical, it is certainly the Joker. Of course. Of course. And and that works. It's He's not Deadpool, but like him being aware to a degree is actually very, very intelligent. But you know what I hate in this scene? What? Is the rocket ship Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid. It's actually part of a theme of things I don't really like in this episode. Yeah. Well, it's because we're coming off of um, On Leather Wings, which yeah. just tonally yeah. is like old horror movie, yeah. universal monster stuff. And then we're in this episode where it's just like, oh, uh, yeah, whatever. The the tree's a, a big rocket. Yeah, there's a you know train heist. He set it up, whatever. Sure. Oh, there's giant toy mechanical soldiers that are run by advanced electricity. Don't think about it. And of course, you know, yeah, you shouldn't think about it. But there's, you know, of course, we have to keep in mind it's a kid's cartoon. They need to have fun. But so much of this episode is merchandising. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's all toys. Yeah. It's all toys. We talked about that a lot in the first episode, too, how mm-hmm. this all sells uh, sells toys and stuff. But um, he does sing Jingle Bells. And then, uh, like you said, first mention of Robin. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, this is why Robin is in this episode. I think so. And, uh, you know, I guess... Robin laid an egg. <laughs> he did. We then go- cut to the Wayne Manor, where Robin. This is the Dick version of Mo- Robin. This is not Tim Drake. Right. Um. So, Robin doesn't think that Joker will try to do anything. He's trying to tell Batman not to worry about it. It's Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or whatever day it is. That, you know, Batman and Robin, who's never formally introduced, by the way. We never see like this is Robin. No, there's nothing. no introduction. In a way, I liked that. Yeah, because in a way, I was just like, yeah, he's here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, Batman is obviously concerned that something's going to happen because I don't think Batman knows how to have happiness in his life. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, we will get more in that, more of that later on. But they ride down an elevator to the Batcave and they enter the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. And Robin says something, you know, he says, most people spend holidays with their family. And then Batman delivers a line that the Joker has no family. So, of course, he's terrified that the Joker is going to do something stupid and awful on Christmas and ruin the day and hurt people. So Batman, once again, you know, probably needs to take his annex. Um, Robin suggested they just do a quick patrol. They go out in the town. They have Christmas dinner and they watch It's a Wonderful Life. So they can name drop It's a Wonderful Life because I'm pretty sure It's a Wonderful Life is in the public domain. And that's the reason why It's a Wonderful Life is always shown at Christmas because they don't have to pay anyone to show it. And that's why it's become such a big Christmas movie is because it's in the public domain because like, like, uh, what's it called? Like, um, night of the living dead. 
I think when they made It's a Wonderful Life, I don't think they got around to copywriting it. So I don't think there's a copyright on It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, there has something to do with some kind of cheap licensing rights yeah, or something like yeah. that. But it's, I mean, it is a classic Christmas film. It's, it's a classic Christmas film because they always used to show it on Christmas because they didn't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely thought its inclusion in this episode was, was um, purposeful. Yes. Um, because the whole theme of It's a Wonderful Life is that one man really can make a difference. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. one man's effort really is the difference between one town being heaven or hell. Yeah. So that's that's our yeah. Batman here. Obviously, Batman can't get past the title because <laughs> no, no, he is misery. Too happy. He is misery. He is misery incarnate. Uh, Batman and, and Robin drive out in the Batmobile. They drive into Gotham. It's snowing. Uh, you know, it's... It's just like we said before. It's yeah, Christmas. Right. It's it's snowing. Very Batman returns. Yes, and of course our whole um, our whole animated series is done on black paper. Yeah, so you get your first look at what snow looks like on the black paper, which it, is really cool. It re- looks really. It looks cool. dark. It's dark got, snow. Yeah, dark snow. It's <laughs> that sounds like a D and D campaign. Dark snow. Dark snow. Um, and you kind of get like this kind of ghosting effect with the mm-hmm. with the snow. I think it actually looks pretty great. It looks awesome. Um, yeah. We're hit with some classic Christmas style sad saxophone music because for mm-hmm. some reason every Christmas song ever written has to be played sadly. Yeah. On a saxophone. Yeah. I always hear the Home Alone yeah, like, soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Song. I don't know or something like that. I always bells will be ringing. The sad, sad, sad news. That that song is not in this episode, but it might as well be. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's kind of what they're going for. Um, Robin is very in the spirit of Christmas. Um, maybe because he's like, I don't know, maybe because he's kind of a child. So let's talk a little bit about Robin. Lauren Lester is the voice of Robin. Do you like Robin? Do you like Robin in this episode? How do we, yeah, Mike's shaking his head. See, the problem is, is that the best Robin ever (laughs) is Robin from Teen Titans. Correct. I think that's my favorite version of Robin, especially as a cartoon but character. But this was our Robin. Lauren Lester Robin, this Robin is I know, our Robin. I don't like him. I'm not no. a big fan of Dick Grayson Robin in general. I'm you also know, not the biggest Nightwing fan. My problem with this Robin is actually he's too old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas I like middle-aged Batman. I like Batman being like about 40 and established, and the Joker's clearly like been around with him for a while. I don't love that this Robin appears maybe... 18 to 20-ish? Yeah. Maybe a little yeah. older? Yeah, even. maybe. He actually reminds me more than anything of Burt Ward. Yeah. This this Robin very much reminds me of um, the Adam West Batman uh, Robin Absolutely. pair. Absolutely. Which I don't like. I don't like that flavor mix. I, yeah. I wish it was Tim Drake. I wish it was a young Robin. Oh, yeah. Me too. Me too. And I actually think Kid on Christmas would have been a better episode, but yeah. they don't do that, Robin. No. You know? No, they so. don't. And I think that... Uh, I think Tim Drake in general, I think for me has always been my favorite of the Robins. Even even Teen Titans Robin. Yeah, is, is the best Robin, yes. It is the best Robin. It's technically Dick Grayson. They never really tell you... Right, but he seems to look and act like Tim Drake. He looks, acts, and sounds like Tim Drake. Yeah. And he's got pants. Right. Which also kind of leads you to believe that it's Tim Drake. Because, well, I guess in this show, Robin Classic Robin pants. had the Speedo, yeah. Yeah, classic Robin. But in an animated series, he had pants. He had pants, yeah. yeah because, or know, has pants, I should say. Or whatever. Um, Yeah, it's a little too... I I don't like it. I mean, he's got the the joyfulness and the naivete, but there's also like... I don't know. There's like this kind of like... Almost like a smarminess to Robin in this episode. I don't like it. It, It's it's a bad flavor for me. And unfortunately, this is going to be consistent through the series. I am not a big fan of animated series Robin. He gets a lot more to do later, um, but I... Not big on this first appearance for me. Yeah, not great. Not great. Um, not a fan. He does do some cool stuff later on in the episode, but just really not not a fan. Um, they're in the streets. They're doing their patrol. And uh, Batman goes to stop a mugging. Turns out it's not a mugging at all. It's just he ends up... Uh, some guy in the street picks up a woman's purse and g- gives it back to her. Um, <laughs> right. It's, it's kind very of like, funny, It's actually, kind of like, yeah. a, a, like Batman's ready to like put this guy in the hospital for six to eight weeks. <laughs> right. But um, it's not like the guy stole a marble rye. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's kind of got that that mood about him. But he actually gives the uh, pocketbook over to the um, right. the reverse mugging. The reverse yeah. mugging. Yes. So he gives her the bag, and uh, Robin, Robin, and Batman are like, "Oh, okay." And that's kind of what Robin was getting at. Yeah. You know, it's like hey, it's Christmas. Let's go home and watch. Yeah, Robin it's a wonderful wants to life. go home. Robin's he's had enough. Let's this go dude home. Wants, this There's dude gonna wants be to no crime tonight. 
First of all, Robin's wrong. Oh, by the way, by the way, there's only crime yeah. uh, on Christmas. That's actually what's funny is that Batman is right. Yeah, Batman's right. Joker's <laughs> up to something. Come on, Batman! No, he's not. Yeah, I know he is. Stupid um, Robin. What does Robin know? He, he doesn't knows know. nothing. It, clearly. Um, so they decide to then go back to Wayne Manor. Uh, they they're going back to enjoy dinner and to start. It's a wonderful life. Bruce is in his full full suit, full brown suit, full brown suit for no reason at all. And uh, they're awaiting a Christmas goose, which is a meat I've never had. I've never had goose. And also, look at the size of their fucking television. Um, yeah. That is not a tube TV. They no have way. a fucking flat screen. Yeah, they have, they have like a know. 2004 like yeah. Panasonic just more flat screen plasma more TV. anachronistic fun. It looks cool, but it's just a, a, a ridiculously large television. It's a gigantic television. Um, we would call it a home theater. Right. And uh, of course... Um, they watch It's a Wonderful Life and the episode ends and it's yeah, great. Yeah, of course. And nothing, everyone's nothing life is happens, wonderful. Everything's great. What? Oh, wait. No, that no, doesn't happen. Wait, look at our all. notes. Look at our notes. This is different. So, uh, of course, because it's Christmas and this episode is called Christmas with the Joker, Joker somehow is able to hijack all of the broadcast signals in Gotham City and he interrupts their viewing of It's a Wonderful Life. How Joker knew that Batman and Robin were going to be watching It's a Wonderful Life or watching TV at all is beyond me and hilarious. <laughs> but um, it ends up being a special which is completely made for Batman, okay? And I have so many questions. It's so weird. It makes no <laughs> sense. And it's very much Saturday morning cartoon logic. It absolutely it is. It makes it is. no sense at all. Um, it is. This is a, a common plot for Joker, yes. I feel, is to take over a TV station yes. and put himself on a show. He does it in the movie. Right. He does it in the 89 movie. He does it a bit. This seems to be a thing that just Joker's going to take over the TV because in in at the base level, Joker is in some way, shape, way, shape or form a performer. He's a performer. He, right. Yeah. He makes himself into a performer. He's a character that likes to perform. He's a, he's a comedian. He's a funny man. He's a vaudeville kind of joke. Yeah, actually, one of my favorite character things about the Joker, which is really from the comics, is that there is a suggestion he may have been a comedian at one yes. point, but a very bad one. Well, they do that in the movie, too. They do that in the movie, too. That yeah. he may have been a bad comedian, but actually, now that he's the Joker and he's homicidal, he's actually hilarious. Oh, yeah, that, absolutely. Like, the crime has made him very funny. Oh, the, the insanity has made him very funny. Oh, the insanity has made him uh, quite hilarious. Uh, and it's it's one of those things where we kind of just roll with it. We're like, well, it's the Joker. And that's what the Joker does. Um, so this special that Joker interrupts It's a Wonderful Life with, um, a movie that I don't really care about. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize, everyone. Oh, it's a classic. It is called Christmas with the Joker. And it's introduced as a giant Santa tank is rampaging through Gotham. People are screaming. And it's, this is clearly a show that nobody wants to see, but everyone in Gotham will be forced to watch. Right, which, which is the tagline for the show, which actually I thought was brilliant. Yes. I yes. was like, this is good TV. Yeah, like, oh, he, he'd be a good producer. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd watch that. I'd watch Christmas <laughs> with the Joker over It's a Wonderful Life. Absolutely. Um, we see Joker's brought out on a tiny sleigh wearing a red jacket and green turtleneck sweater and a Santa hat, like you said before, very much classic Bing Crosby kind of holiday special right. nonsense. And also wild because production order, it's his first appearance and he's not in his costume. He's not in the purple suit. Right. He's in a, a special edition yes. costume. Yeah, this is like a variant of <laughs> right, the Right, he's in a variant costume. Yeah, that's right. And um, he's he's made an audience of cardboard cutouts. And the cutouts are all characters that we assume will be in the series uh, and some that we haven't met yet. Uh, uh, so the only... Uh, I, I recognize one we haven't met. Only one we haven't met. Because yes. we met Mayor Hill and all yes, those people yes, yes, in yes. the first one. It's Montoya. Yeah, Montoya. Renee Montoya is a, cu is a cutout. Who is uh, becomes pretty pretty prevalent in the series. She does, and we'll see her soon. But yes. um, it was odd that her cutout was there before she was. Exactly. But uh, you can obviously spot Batman and Robin and Gordon and Mayor Hill and Bullock. Right. But there is Montoya in the back. Um, of course, Batman immediately goes to the Bat Computer, which is also anachronistic, um, sure. to try well. to locate and pinpoint the broadcast <laughs> only, signal. Only Batman has internet. Exactly. <laughs> Batman has internet in the 1930s. Right. Batman locates the signal, and they hop in the, the in the Batmobile, and they continue to watch the show from the Batmobile's smaller TV, which is in the center console. Great. Which is just, it is so toyetic. Right. It's, uh, the whole thing. This whole episode is toyetic. Uh, uh, yeah, it's completely um, toyetic. Yeah. My thought was while I was watching this and, and he introduces the guests and all that, I'm like, 
who's producing this show? I guess the Joker. Well, they kind of forgot to add any extras that are like the people that work for this TV station. Yeah. Because it's just like, it's Joker and we see he has some goons. But actually, for the most part, we don't see the goons at no, all. at all. We barely see them. So we I'm kind of like, few. Joker is fully capable of not only hosting, but also has told everyone how to run camera equipment, editing equipment. He's doing it all himself. Listen, we're asking a lot of questions right now for a 22-minute <laughs> right. episode. Well, no, but, uh, but you're right, but though. This thought does go into the other episodes, so why not this one? Exactly, exactly. You know? I, I wanted a guy in clown makeup working the camera. You know right. what I mean? Like one of Joker's big goons, like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Right, it's still the generic uh, yeah. 30s yeah. thugs. Gangster yeah. thugs, who every villain so far has. Um. Joker is in a TV studio. He's captured Commissioner Gordon. He's captured Summer Gleason. He's captured Harvey Bullock. Uh, obviously, Gleason, this is the first time she was introduced. Right. And he has them on a sort of game show, and he refers to them as the awful, lawful family. We love a pun. I love a good pun. Harvey Bullock is baby lawful. Um, and because the uh, yeah Harvey Bullock is is baby lawful, Commissioner Gordon is daddy lawful, and Summer Gleason is mom mommy lawful, and uh, because the Joker has no family, he has stolen one, and it's it's never easy with the Joker. Uh, that's according to that's Batman. Batman's line. According to Batman, yeah. all three are gagged with candy canes, and the the goal of the game here is that Batman must find them by midnight, or they'll all be killed. Right, which is uh, a little dark. For a kid's show. It's dark. It yeah. is. And this is what I like. I was like, wow, it's not like he has robbed a bank. No. He's not going to, I don't know, turn all the fish into smiling clownfish. You know, he uh, he will kill the three people He's that like, he I'm, has captured. I'm, I'm just going to kill these folks. Unless you find them by midnight. Exactly. That's pretty dark. And it's Christmas. For a kid's show. And on Christmas. On Christmas of all man, days. Come on, man. I really love that Bullock is baby lawful. Me too. That's Cause, great. Because he is a big baby. Mm -hmm. um, Batmobile is fed. Uh, the Batmobile feed is interrupted <laughs> by the Joker. By Laffy. Yeah. Laffy and his puppet. Yeah. Which Laffy, is like, Laffy is his hand puppet. Which is so stupid. <laughs> um, Laffy informs Batman and Robin that the Joker has uh, rigged the president's bridge to explode. And uh, it was rigged to blow up by his henchmen, Donner and Vixen. Very nice. Who <laughs> sing? They sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sing They sing Jingle Bells, Batman's Fells, don't they? They do, they yep, do. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and we get that reprise of Jingle Bells, Batman's Fells. And then they blow up the bridge. Mm -hmm. And um, all while the 1130 train is coming through. Yeah, and Mommy Lawful, this oh. is Summer Gleason, she yeah. lets Joker know that her my mother's on that train. How she knew this, who knows? Your mother? That's different then. It'll be even more exciting when it crashes. <laughs> that is fucking grim that for is, a kid's that, show. That is, that is dark, that man. That is dark shit. We're going to some dark places on this episode on Christmas. We're going real dark. Yeah, real dark. I love it, though. Yeah, it's great. Yes. Joker would do all of this stuff. He would, and more. Mm -hmm. He'd have a vat of acid ready as well. Yes, uh, and I think he kind of does. Um, so amidst them trying to find, Batman and Robin trying to find where the broadcast is coming from, now they have to figure out how to stop a train from crashing. I feel like there's way more time in this episode than they actually would have had. Right. Oh, no, of course. Well, so we're a slave uh, to scene counts yes. in these uh, episodes because they're only 22 minutes with commercials. Yeah. And there's just, uh, you know, Dini talks about this. There's only so many scenes you can yeah. do. And the magic number is usually about 16. Yeah. You could usually do about 16 scenes in one of these episodes. And each se uh, scene could be a couple seconds to even a couple minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to really spend your time wisely. So you yeah. can't do too much. So when I criticize the show for being like, oh, why didn't he set this up and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm sure those things would be there if Deanie had an hour. Of course. Of know. course. And he didn't. Yeah. Or and I, or I should did. say Bruce Tamer. Whoever. Yeah. Whoever. Know. It's, it's yeah. both of them. Right? Yeah. right. They're both working on right, them. Right. So Batman and Robin obviously have to divert their uh, attention away from finding Joker and to handle this train situation. They end up getting on the train through normal Batman nonsense. Uh, Robin unhooks the passenger cars from the engines so, so that yeah, Robin is useful. Yeah, he does something good. That's the pays to have a partner. As as you know, if ba Batman, it would have been hard for Batman to do this by himself. Yeah. And then Batman runs to the engine, and he helps the engineer get out of the train in just enough time for the uh, engine of the train to go driving off the president's bridge right and out off into the ground where it clearly uh 
explodes. Yeah. What I do like about this episode with Robin, even though I don't like Robin, is that uh, this was a good episode for Batman to have a partner. Yes. Um, yes. In the first episode, when you have a threat like Man Bat, who, while he's scary, he's kind of a low-level threat. Yeah. It's like, well, Batman's like, I could do that one alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This one's like, I, I don't have to find these people. I yeah. need help. Yeah. Robin's with me for the holidays. And we see where... They can really be the dynamic duo. Yes, yes. Where it's like Batman's thinking and fighting and doing the big thing, and Robin is helping. He's yes. the extra set of hands. Yeah. It's really good on the train heist. I actually think that's that's quite good, and I think you're you're 100% right on that, where Batman and Robin doing very Batman and Robin-y things. Uh, this is the closest so far to me, out of all the stuff I've rewatched, that feels closest to the 60s show because it's just while it is grim there is a lot of goofy nonsense that happens in this episode well this episode is funny yeah yeah like period it's a funny episode episode. it has that grimness because it's joker but it's it's a funny fun action episode yes it's more action than anything else yes joker then blows up his own audience (laughs) right great good thing Uh, they're cardboard yes yes and uh as his oh, wait, wait, and he's totally unbothered yeah. that the train plot was yeah, foiled. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, ah, well, you know. All right. <laughs> you know, he completely blows him, blows up the audience, right. and then to quote a later Joker episode, "Well, that was fun. Who's up for Chinese?" <laughs> <laughs> it just shows that Joker doesn't. I don't know if Joker wants to kill people. I think he just wants to frustrate Batman. Yeah, I think. Well, I think one of the things that works so well with the the Hamill Joker, especially early on, is just like. This is an unmotivated, totally unmoored Joker. He is just total chaos agent having a great time. Great time. And that's all this episode is. It's just he's having a great time. This dude is crushing me in the Joker. He's an absolute lunatic, and it's excellent. Um, Batman then locates the broadcast signal to be at the observatory on Mount Gotham. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah, keep going. Yep, here we go. Um, (laughs) We get get to the observatory, We get to the observatory, and there's a big gift for Batman that says, don't open till Christmas. Brilliant. Merry Christmas, Batman. A giant jack-in-the-box of the Joker jumps out, and the Joker announces death of the death of Batman as the observatory turns into a giant cannon. This is the worst moment of the episode. Yes. As the observatory turns into a giant cannon, it's just like, you truly, truly have to completely check your brain at the door. Yep. At this point, it has become a nonsensical, slapstick, goofy cartoon show. Sure. And here's where the episode loses marks for me, because it's actually between two really emotionally substantive uh, episodes. Yeah. Uh, you have On Leather Wings, and then you have uh, Nothing to Fear, which we'll talk about next week. But it's um, really tough to have this episode in the middle and just be like, this is just big comic book fun. Check yep. your brain at the door. Enjoy it. Enjoy yep. it. Yep. And it's, it's really hard to like be watching these episodes now and being like, oh, I forget how serious and dark and cool and blah, blah, blah. And that's like, oh, but also the observatory is a canon. Yep. It's like, ah, fuck. <laughs> you know? Yep. It's it's crazy. Fun. 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 It's fun. But very, very crazy. And... Um, Joker then, you know, he cuts saying, you know, when you care enough to send the very blast, but first a word from our sponsors, you know, just in classic, Terrific. a classic, you know, nonsense Joker line that he says about really keeping into the theme. Um, I don't understand how Joker gets this stuff. I do not know. The show is, does not care to tell us. We, I guess we should not dwell on no, it. No, I don't think we should spend too much time on it, but we, we can. Just, we have to accept that Joker's just a really big villain. He's got great toys, and Batman just knows this. And for some reason, he probably has limitless money because he just robs people constantly. I, I guess so. Yeah, sure. that's what we can all Fine. assume. So Batman and Robin split up. Uh, Robin gets into the observatory while Batman kind of draws fire, and the cannon goes out of control. And it begins to randomly fire upon Gotham City. Kind of great. Like, yep. Yep. Fine. Just like starting to blow stuff up. Uh, Joker has an. Uh, has I automated... imagine many people die. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We I might mean, not see it, but we can. I we mean, can, we at can least make, at least a hundred people we, died. We can make the assumption right. that Joker probably on Christmas Day or Christmas right. Eve has killed probably a hundred people. Assume with a death gun. of at least a hundred with a, an observatory turned into a cannon. Yes. Yep. Great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 So Robin runs into the observatory, and of course there are a bunch of Joker drones that shoot guns at Robin. Once again, yeah, I was actually I was okay with those. Yes, I was better with the toy soldiers than I was with the observatory cannon. Yes, the observatory cannon is, is that's is a, a bit, bit much. much. That yeah. is a that is a video game kind of correct boss, right? and we need to just appreciate that and be like, okay, okay, that's that that's is happening. what it is, man. That is that the, the observatory had a telescope replaced yeah. with a gun. But Mike, it it's almost midnight. It is. It is well, on Muslim What about night. the awful, awful family? I don't know. What's going to happen? We don't know what's going to happen. Um, Robin uses his acrobatics and <laughs> to make them all he the drones shoot each other. Passes his acrobatics check with a critical, I think. I yeah. think Robin would be pretty good. 
oh, as an through, act. Well, he is a professional acrobat. Right. Yeah. Right. So that makes perfect sense. Right. He, it's like the one thing he has. He, he has. He's like really good. Yeah. Daredevil's probably still better though. He's got a great tumble jack. <laughs> oh, just Daredevil. Yeah. I mean, Daredevil would kill Robin. I mean, that's not. <laughs> Daredevil would, might not, not kill him. not a fair him. fight at all. Dare, Daredevil would get to the point where it's like, I'm about to kill Robin, but his Catholic guilt would take over and then right. he wouldn't kill him. But then Robin would, you know, not be able to walk again. Right. Yeah. Robin would trick him into eating meat on Friday. Oh man, that would be the worst. <laughs> It'd be the worst thing to happen. Hey, you thought that was fish, (laughs) but actually, it's chicken. Oh, I'm blind again. The man without fear. fear. Um, so, uh, Robin then tosses a bomb. He sure does. Blow up the observatory cannon, and Batman. We're left after Robin gets out. Uh, Batman doesn't know what their next move is, and midnight approaches. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joker has another weird puppet moment. With it's an still, upside yep. down face. He's not giving up the laughy thing. No, oh, no, wait. No. Uh, this is actually when he puts his own face yes, upside yes, down. Yes, he puts yes. his own face upside down. What a fucking weirdo. And he, he's so <laughs> love weird. It. It's so funny. So good. And Joker gives Mommy Lawful her gift. And it's a Betty Blooper doll. Yeah, caught, couldn't catch the copyright on that yes, one. That yes. one. You can't get, can't get past Boop. that. Yeah. Can't, can't get Betty Boop. Uh, so it's Betty Blooper. Yes. Uh, the doll was made by Lafco, which is a company that went out of business. Okay, we have to stop. Yeah. If you're Batman, yes. are you ever going to allow a factory named Lafco to still exist after it goes out of business? Like, no. that's just sitting there waiting to be a Joker of hideout. Of course. Like, if you're Bruce Wayne, buy it and demolish it. It's like every fun house that's ever Correct. existed, get yeah. rid of it. Listen, oh, what? The amusement park went out of business? Demolish it, because all it's going to do is become a Joker hideout. <laughs> just like, Joker just has a map of like all like the right. clown-related yeah. things and toy-related things. It's like, things. oh, it's a toy factory went out of business? Well, that's our new hideout. Yeah, we're going to hang out there now. Um, so this is where they figure they should go. Batman and Robin go to Lafco and bust in, like you said, who built it. Yep. Um, we got it, the, uh, the dance of the sugar plum fairy. Yes. Music. Which is nice. We get a little bit of the nutcracker, which for some, which is always associated with Christmas. Yep. Uh, Batman and Robin now fight a couple of giant toy soldiers. Once again, we're brought back to this kind of motif where Batman and Joker aren't fighting people a lot. Right. And when they do fight people a lot, you really don't see anyone get struck directly. It's kind of a lot of grappling and it's a lot of throwing people aside. So they can beat the heck out of a giant robot. Right. That's okay, as long as it's not a person. Yeah, we'll see this a lot in the series. Yes, we will. Uh, yeah, where you can fight a creature or a robot, but, but they don't want to do too much violence against another human. Another human being. Um, they defeat the giant toy soldiers using their wonderful toys. And Batman and Robin are then attacked by these mini planes. And Batman uses a baseball bat to uh, hit them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, Robin makes the joke, they don't call you Batman for nothing. That's it. Yeah. Not bad. I'll, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, I'll say this. Batman would be an amazing baseball player, of course. apparently. He's really good. He's really good. <laughs> like, we need to stop for first a second. Like, oh, shit. First of all, he, he destroys those planes. Batman's also like a big guy. He's super jacked. Correct. Batman would be just a great athlete all around. It's almost a shame he's Batman yeah. <laughs> because he'd be very good Yeah, it's a like, shame. as a professional it's, athlete. It's a shame that his parents got killed in an alleyway, yeah, so now he has to dress up as a bat that, to fight crime. That was a shame. Yeah, it's a real shame. It's a shame. They could have been really good on the Gotham we'll talk. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. We'll talk more about <laughs> Thomas Wayne uh, next week. Oh. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, we will get into that um, at uh, at full length. We'll talk about Thomas That's Wayne. Right. Um, they are attacked then by Sniper. It's like it's 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 relentless. This gauntlet that Batman and Robin have to get through to get to the Joker is relentless. It seems like sure. it doesn't stop. Sure. I'll say this as a compliment because I, I know I've been kind of down on like how unrealistic the episode is. This this is very much the Joker's MO. Yeah. It's just like, you don't just get to go stop the Joker and then the episode ends. No. It's like, no, you have to fight wave after wave after wave of henchmen yeah. and things to get to Joker. So that, very, is, that is good. That's accurate. Very much for 92, very still very video gamey. Um, yeah. Very video gamey. Like this could have been, like it almost feels like an arcade stage, you yeah. know, like you're mm-hmm. making your way through the streets. It feels very video game. This whole episode feels very, very video gamey. Yeah. Down to the, you know, the canon um, observatory. Observatory your canon. Favorite, yeah. Your favorite mm-hmm. thing ever. Yeah, it's great. Um, they're attacked by snipers who are on the second level, but um, they're clearly not snipers because they're just kind of spraying machine gun bullets all right. over the place. Batman uses a usable <laughs> once-only item, which is extra cape. Extra cape! Just never <laughs> never has... happens again, ever again. He just uses an extra just, cape. Uh, oh, yeah, he's got an extra cape. He wraps a giant teddy bear and uses that as a decoy, and then the, he throws the snipers. <laughs> he throws the bear at the snipers who are then pinned by the bear because it's, I guess, so heavy. Right. And uh, the bear says, I love you very much. And it's yes. kind of got this Spongebob-y yes. kind of feel. 
Um, as Batman and Robin make their way out of that, they are met. The awful lawful family has now been tied up, and they are hanging above a vat of what uh, looks like lava. I don't know. It could be chemicals. Joker just this man loves a chemical vat. Loves a big vat. He loves, loves a bat. bat. He loves doing to people what we assume might have happened to him. Uh, the Joker gives Batman a Christmas gift. Yeah, he gives him his Christmas gift. He unwraps it and he gets pied in the face. A pie in the face. Which, George. Mike, I, I have a something to suppose. I think that's the whole reason this episode oh, takes yes. place. Yes. I think yep. 100%. Joker just wanted to give Batman a Christmas gift and pie him in the face. Mm-hmm. And I think everything else was incidental. I think that the people Joker <laughs> murdered... The people right. that got blown the up, that the people that died, cannon. the kidnapping, the trauma, the train—millions of dollars in damage, if not billions—it was so he could pie Batman in the face. The only thing the guy wanted was to see Batman get pied in the face because yes. he finds it so very funny. That's right. And I remember watching this episode again recently when we were doing these, these when we were watching it for this the show. And the second that happens, Mike, that's the whole episode. That's the whole that's episode. That's the whole reasoning that's all for he that's his motivation. Yep. His motivation was to pie Batman in the face. So. um... Batman wipes the pie off his face and he's very upset. Like he gets very unreasonably angry that he got pied. He's like, and then he goes to chase Joker. Joker cuts the rope as the family, uh, the awful, lawful family begins to plummet towards the vat of acid. Batman dives to save the, the lawfuls. He wrestles with the Joker who slips out of his jacket to run upstairs. Yes, yeah, so the Joker technically also has an extra cape, yes, right? He has yes. an extra jacket and an extra set of hands yeah, that he's... he could just slip out of. It's sure. Yeah, but we'll take it. Uh, he then runs upstairs uh, and um, trips on a roller skate, and he then almost yes. falls into the vat. Yes. Um, we do get kind of a moment of real fear and vulnerability yeah, from the Joker. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, brief, yeah. Um, but it's a real human moment where he's like, oh, I, well, he didn't want to get caught. Yes, yes. You know. He didn't want to get caught. He doesn't want to go back to Arkham. Right. He also probably doesn't want to die. Um, right. So he slips and Batman saves him because he's Batman and will never let a villain die even if, if he can help sure. it. And, you know, again, Joker's upset because he didn't want to get caught, but we'll, we'll talk more yes. about what I think this is all pointing yes. to in a moment. And then Batman saves him. He wishes the Joker a Merry Christmas. Merry mm-hmm. Christmas, Joker. And then uh, we save the awful, lawful family. Uh, they are saved. We imagine that they go spend Christmas with their families. <laughs> we hope. I, we Summer hope. Gleason's mom is okay. Yeah, so hopefully, she's on that train. Hopefully they save Christmas. Yeah. And then Batman, Batman with his family... Uh, they watch a wonderful. It's a wonderful life because apparently Commissioner Gordon yeah he had an extra had it. extra tape extra of this? tape so of it? another anachronism he just has a VHS tape I guess, I guess so he's, right. he's got it sure and um, obviously Alfred is also there as well yes um, this is um, still Clive right still Clive Revel uh, as mm-hmm. Alfred for the first couple episodes still Clive Revel so we get um, the very dry Alfred that's right Bruce Wayne has the same review of It's a Wonderful Life that I have yeah. which is just yeah, it has its moments it has its moments. <laughs> Yeah. Which yeah, uh, yeah. is a nice review for this episode. Yeah, it has its moments. It has its moments. It has its moments. And, um, great ending. Great ending. Uh, we The ending of the episode, it wraps up Joker's in a straitjacket. Great ending. He sings, yeah. We Wish You a Merry Christmas from his cell at Arkham, and he has a big old laugh. That's a great ending, yeah. It's a fun, fun episode. Yes. Um, yeah. Closing thoughts? Yeah, I think it's okay. It's fun. It's a weird second episode. Yeah, not a high-ranking episode no, for you. No, yeah. this is not even coming close to the yeah. top no, anything. No, no. Yeah. Uh, I would put this t- closer to the bottom. It's a shame because it is the first the first appearance uh, for the production side of Mark Hamill as Joker. Yeah, I almost feel like we can't appreciate it as much because it seems like an off-format episode. Yeah, it, yeah. As you said, it's kind of almost a bottle episode. Yeah. It's Joker in a variant costume doing yeah. some weird stuff that is kind of isolated. Yep. Um, and you kind of can't enjoy it as much because you haven't had enough regular Joker episodes mm-hmm. yet. You haven't. To know that this one's even special. We, we don't have our relationship established with the Joker. Right. Really. So it's kind of like, it's okay. But what's funny is I was looking through the broadcast order and I'm like, I still don't see this one being a huge hit even in the broadcast order. No, no. It's just kind of a pretty good episode. Yeah, it's, I think... It's just sort of fine. I think they could have done better with the Christmas episode of Batman. The I think first so, too. One. I think so, too. I think uh, what really works for me in this episode and what I do like is the themes that are underneath the episode yes. are good. Yes. Uh, the It's a Wonderful Life inclusion, yes. which is just like one man really can make a difference, is nice. Um, the fact that Batman spends the episode with his family, who's yes. Alfred and Robin, is nice. And in a way... The reason why I like the episode's ending is because Joker's happy at the end of the episode. Yeah. He didn't like being caught. He's yeah. uh, vulnerable and afraid in that moment. But he's laughing and smiling and happy at the end of the episode. He got to pie Batman in the face. 
he Batman wished him a Merry Christmas, and then he went home to Arkham Asylum in some weird, perverse way. Joker spent Christmas with his family, yep. too, yep. which was Batman. And I would also say that Joker got his own Christmas gift, mm-hmm. which was... I mean, obviously, giving Batman the pie is Batman's Christmas oh, gift, but right. the joke, the, the gift for the Joker is that he got to cause chaos, right. and he got to mess with Batman, which is really all he ever wants to do. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, too, where it's just like we compare his to Man-Bat. Man-Bat fails in his caper, because yeah. the, the goal of his caper is to become a bat, which he does not get to do yet. That's so very upsetting. <laughs> right. He does not succeed in permanently becoming Man-Bat. Joker succeeds in his mission. Yes. He, he actually, he goes out there, he causes chaos, he causes some trouble for Batman, he gets to be kind of uh, weirdly intimate with Batman, yeah. where he pies him in the face, and Batman wishes him Merry Christmas, and he gets sent kind of home, quote-unquote home, to Arkham Asylum happy. Yeah. Um, he wins. I mean, he, yeah. he, he, he did what he wanted to do. Joker achieved everything he wanted to achieve, except for killing the awful, lawful family, but I don't think he's that bummed about not being able to kill them. Oh, right. Oh, and I, and he would have killed them if he wanted to. Yeah, exactly. You know? If he totally wanted to, he would have killed them. Uh, but yeah. Ranking in the series for me, this is towards the bottom. Definitely. It's not an enjoyable episode. It's my least favorite Joker episode. Yes. Um, but it, it was not an unenjoyable rewatch. No. I think, especially in these early episodes, the show is a little bit more cartoon still. Yes. yes. And as they're developing these episodes in production, like by the time we get to like Two-Face and stuff, the human drama really starts to take over the show. Yeah. And with this episode... Not that it's inappropriate, uh, but it is a little bit more pandering to what we expect yes. a Saturday morning cartoon to be like. Yes. And that's fine. Yes. It is a show ultimately for children, but the reason why you and I are revisiting this 30 years later is because this left uh, an impact on us as adults. Yes. And this kind of stuff, this Christmas with the Joker stuff, did not really leave a lasting impression. However, it's fun, it's good action, it's toyetic, and it's appropriate for Christmas. 100%. Very, very well said, Jordan. Thank you so much for that. Um, like you, I think the ranking is towards the bottom. There there are moments, like It's a Wonderful Life, it has its moments. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. It is, it is a fun episode to watch. It is still nice to be able to see and hear Mark Hamill and yeah. Kevin Conroy interact with each other. That's often. so important. Yeah. This is their first real interaction, yeah, even so, though they don't get to talk a lot to each other yeah, in this episode. Yeah, it, it's still nice that we kind of get that. We really do get a solid ver- a solid version of what the Joker is supposed to be and supposed to do. So all that stuff is good. Yeah, um, what, what would have fixed this episode for you? Was there anything you wanted to see more of, less of? You know, um, I think what would have fixed this episode for me was that I think if there were more, if there was just, if this was just not our first introduction to the Joker, right? If we yeah. knew him better at this point. If we knew him more, like the whole Joker's whole motivation is to pie Batman in the face. Yeah, that's great. But we, if that's your introduction, not everyone is going to get that. So I think it, this episode is fixed by being able to spend more time with the Joker previously. Right, right, right. I think. Yeah, I think that. I think I, I didn't remember this episode super well. Like I've, I've absolutely seen it before many times. Yeah, of but like I, was, I put it on, and I was like, I don't remember this one that well. And he was singing that song in the beginning, and I was like, Oh, does the song get maybe like recreated in this yeah. episode? Like give like Batman a stink bomb? They blow a wheel off the Batmobile. No. None of that happens. It's just like a fun sort of action caper in this one. I think Harley could have helped. Yes, it's an episode where I would have yes. appreciated just one more prominent voice that wasn't just Joker. Even though he's fun, I just wanted something something more. I actually wanted him to do more with the game show contestants. Yes. I feel like the awful, awful family, they just they just exist there. And he says barely anything to Gordon. And Bullock, yep. he teases. And Summer's the one that really has the impactful moments here. And I know we only have a limited number of scenes, but I felt like there could have been just something more that they could have been doing there. Like maybe they were trying to escape, or yeah. does he have a game for them to play? But mm-hmm. I, I know also it's, it's all for Batman's benefit. I just agree with something you said earlier in the episode, which is just like... For this caper, the setup, this could have been more interesting. Of course. And I think that ultimately, you have a 22-minute episode. It's meant for kids. It's the second episode they produced. I think it's a lot. There's a lot of hurdles that they had to get over sure. at this point in the series and yeah. while it's not the, one of the best episodes of the of the show it's still a fun watch it still has its moments it's a great performance by you know Mark Hamill it's a great performance by Kevin Conroy and ultimately that's fun. why this is kind of a legendary episode this yes. is the first Conroy Hamill yes, episode yes yeah. and we will get plenty more in the future so uh, Jordan thanks for that man this has been our dive on Christmas with the Joker which is season one episode two of Batman the animated series and on next week's episode we are going to be diving into the third episode on the production side 
Nothing to Fear, which introduces us to the Scarecrow. We're going right from Christmas to Halloween. Exactly. Weird. Weird. But we yeah. will get there. We will get there. And thank you for joining us. This was the Batman Tasticast for Jordan Hugh. I'm Mike Staub. Thank you, and see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. And thank you for listening to episode two of the Batman Tasticast. I'm Mike Staub. Please, if you want to help us out, go and find us on social media. We now have an Instagram, we have a Facebook, and we have a Twitter, all at Batman Tasticast. You can also help us out by sharing this show with your friends or subscribing to it or giving it a review on the podcatcher of your choosing. We're now on Amazon. We're on Google. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. So we're getting to all those different platforms sooner rather than later. So once again, thank you from Jordan Hugh and Mike Staub. This has been the Batman Tasticast, and we'll see you next time for episode three.